I would wake up in the middle of the night and be like, did I finish that sentence? Because I would remember like working really hard on this one sentence and I remember like ending it and not remembering like, did I put a period? Like, did I even finish the book? Hey, this is Heath Padgett and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 139. The RV Entrepreneur is a show for anyone interested in downsizing their life, creating remote income, and working from anywhere. I'm recording today from our campsite in New Zealand. We only have two weeks over here, which is really sad, but we've had a great time campervaning over here. And today is the start of a test drive series I'm doing over the next month with Alyssa, all centered around what we've learned from writing, launching, and marketing her first self-published book, which came out in November called A Beginner's Guide to Living in an RV. As you may have realized, ever since launching the podcast, I've tried tweaking the format in various ways. For instance, creating shorter episodes that I aim to publish on Fridays, and I do that most of the time, and doing a few episodes where I record conversations with my co-founders at Campground Booking or Alyssa just to share some of our experiences and kind of be real with what we're learning as we're in the weeds building our business. A lot of these minor changes have come from feedback from you guys on just what you'd like to hear more of on the show. So thank you guys for reaching out through email or various ways that you've reached out, Instagram, whatever. And one piece of feedback that I've gotten uh, that it's great to hear the stories of how people have made the leap into full-time RVing or location independent, but the episodes where we dig into specific stuff are incredibly valuable. So with that being said, today is kicking off the first of five episodes to come over the next five weeks where we'll be doing a series on how to write, launch, and market your first book, all based off experience that we've gotten from Alyssa publishing her book in November. All right, without further ado, let's get into this episode with Alyssa. Let me get closer okay. to the mic first, because I was trying to lounge so I didn't bother you. Okay. So back on episode 100, we were in Nashville, and oh wow, we you were you were stressed out. I I'm pretty sure I remember you being stressed out, getting ready to launch your book, mm-hmm. and I think we talked about some of the fears that you were having just on pushing and creating this first product. So what were your expectations for publishing your first book? Like what expectations and goals did you set? Like financial, like books sold, that kind of stuff, or like emotional expectations? Like- Both. <laughs> Both. Because I think, because we did talk about a lot about my fears and things back on episode 100, I didn't think it would be as scary as it was in the moment, not just, you know, like hitting the publish button and having people buying and reading your book, but having all these internal doubts of like, I would wake up in the middle of the night and be like, did I finish that sentence? Because I would remember, like, working really hard on this one sentence, and I remember, like, ending it and not remembering, like, did I put a period? Like, did I even finish the book? And having all those kind of, you know, stress dreams and things like that. So I didn't expect it to be as scary in, you know, those those first couple weeks as it was. It's gotten a lot better now that I'm, like, a few months removed. So that was one um, emotional expectation. I know know aside from you feeling that, I also felt scared for you because like Mm -hmm. there's this fear of you're putting this book out on Amazon. You've been working on it for the better part of a year. And there's also the fear with just like internet trolls and people being rude to my wife. So it's like, I don't Mm -hmm. know if I mentioned that, but I had that fear for you. Oh, thanks. (laughs) No, I'm glad you didn't mention it because that would have stressed me out way more. So talking about other goals for the book. So what were your other expectations and goals for publishing this book? So my goals were to sell 400 copies in the first week. And I wanted to sell 400 because they say like the average self-published book 
sells 200 to 300 in its lifetime. I thought it was 2,000. Is it 200? Well, the average like book is 2,000 to 3,000. The oh, okay. average self-publish is significantly lower. Based on what I was reading, who knows where all these numbers are from really on the internet or who's doing these studies, but those are the numbers you typically see. So I knew I wanted to beat that. And so 400 was my goal. I was like, eh, maybe that's, maybe that's possible. So how, so it's been six months as of tomorrow since you launched your book. How many copies have you sold? Over 8,000. But I sold on that first day like 2,262 or some, something so ridiculous that if I look back at my notes, it's like I sold my 400 within the first hour that the book was live. And, and, then, and just to be like upfront, sold is kind of a weird word because that first week the book was free. Uh, no, the book was free for 48 hours, not oh, the first week, okay, just, gotcha, for, yeah. just for two days. For, for two days. It was launched on the 14th. So for the 14th and the 15th, you could get it free in America. I think this was the only actual country where it was free. So if you were in a different country, you did still have to buy the book. Yeah. So I did uh, still make money those days. Speaking of being free, because we had a couple of people that reached out and were like, why is your book free? I think Kevin or Mandy, uh, some of our friends reached out like, mm-hmm. why is it free? You should make it free. Uh, because it is brilliant. <laughs> if you're going to sell a book on Amazon, the number of copies, quote unquote, sold, like someone buying your book for free counts as a copy sold. That influences your rank with well, not only your actual sales rank, so your rank in all of Kindle. So whenever my book was free, I got up to number 49 in all of the Kindle free store, which like I'm competing there. There's 3.4 million books on Kindle. So to get to 49 is huge. And I got there because I was free. So having all these sales under my belt, Amazon looks at that in the algorithm and it's like, okay, so I'm going to favor this book whenever I'm promoting books, um, you know, like when you look at a book and it has suggested items at the bottom, or whenever you're searching for a book, like books and RVing, your book is going to rank higher because you've sold so many copies. It's like this stamp of approval for Amazon. Like, oh, if I promote this, I'll be making money. Yeah. And another, as a side note, one other thing that we learned from the top 100 in free books is that it's mostly pictures of shirtless men and like fantasy yeah. novels. Yeah. So <laughs> if you write porn, like super easy to get in that top free 100. <laughs> Otherwise, it's super hard to crack. If you we have some screenshots and it's just like shirtless man, picture of RV, shirtless man. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I, I think one thing that one thing about publishing the book that we said before going into it was we didn't really have incredibly high expectations, not because we didn't believe in the book. It was just, we wanted to have a presence on Amazon. There was this Mm -hmm. whole search engine and marketplace that we really knew nothing about. And so part of it was just us wanting to jump in and learn more about it. Right. And like when we buy books, we always buy our books from Amazon. That's where we've been buying books ever since we were in college, or at least me specifically. And we both have Kindles. So it made sense to go to Amazon, even though you had published your book on Gum Road. So when we were looking at these goals and these numbers, your book was the only other numbers I had to compare it to. In comparing a book you saw on your website and a book you sell on Amazon.com, which reaches who knows how many millions of people every day, day every yeah. minute, probably. I'm on Amazon every single day, <laughs> not just looking at my own book, but just shopping. I have a problem. But just, you know, looking at those two, I, I I see now my error of thinking that I could use the numbers for your book sales 
to make my own goals. Amazon is just way more powerful it's than its you own think. engine. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it is one of the top search engines, I believe. Yeah, As, I, mean, I know specifically and, yeah. for shopping, but I think it was in the top five. Yeah. So what are some of the other values and reasons that we wanted to publish a book? I mean, one of the things is that uh, there's a lot of the same questions. I like how you asked me and then you're going to answer it. I want to well, hear no, no, your no, answer. Well, no, 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 no. Sorry. I, that's a, <laughs> Why that, did I want to publish a book? No, I, I was just talking through this because, um, and I don't remember all of them, so you jump in and help me. One of them was like just understanding Amazon better. So digging in yes. and kind of understanding as a marketplace. Because I think if you're going to be an author, which that's always been my long-term goal was to be an author, learning Amazon is going to be invaluable knowledge. And if we ever decide to have any physical products, which is on our dreamless like okay amazon's such a huge operator in that space we should learn how to do it now and i figured with this book my initial plan was to make this book like free or 99 cents on amazon um later learned you i actually cannot do that um but that's a story for another time um i just knew that it would be really important to learn it and then i could you know oh share it on the podcast (laughs) So that was a big one. Uh, you you said other reasons like why I wanted to publish learning a Amazon, book. Um, establishing like our credibility and authority in the RV space because so much of the book and so much of many bloggers' books is just stuff you can read on their website for free. Most of my book, I would say seventy percent of it, are posted as blog posts on our website, and you could go through and get all that content for free. But taking it, compiling it all together, making it have more of a guide feel, and adapting it into a book made it so much easier for these people that actually did want to go from house into full-time RVing. Yeah. And so it, now we're like that number one resource. It saves so much time because you don't have to go through and look multiple posts and it's just more convenient. Mm-hmm. You can read it on the Kindle. So, and one other thing though, that we did talk about was, okay, well we could have made it a course. So many people, other RV bloggers have courses on how to jump into full-time RVing and these courses are like 20, 30, 50 bucks. But when I'm thinking about it, like, okay, I'm going to jump into RVing, a course doesn't really feel like the right model, you know, because you like go in and you like check them off. But when you're changing your whole lifestyle, it's not like you just check off like getting the getting your mail set up or picking out your well, RV I think and all de- those I think things. it depends on what your skill sets are in. Like if you have a skill set like or how you absorb content. Like some people listen to podcasts, some people like books, some people like courses. So I think that depends. Yeah, I think that's true. But it, just looking at the market, we figured if we're going to try to find a way to package up this information and sell it, a book was going to be the best way for us to do it. Let's talk about the validation process for like writing and implementing this book because there was kind of different lot of different stages and I think that's something a lot of people they they want to publish a book Mm -hmm. but how do you know if the book idea is any good or anything like that and so there's different ways that people have validated book ideas so let's talk through like what are the ways that you validated this book you already talked about it's on blog posts on our site so we could look at the most trafficked blog posts and what people really want to see what are other ways you validated the book so yes most of them are blog posts A lot of the book is just completely crowdsourced. So we have our Facebook group that has 10,000 plus people in it. People are asking questions and commenting in there every single day. So I can, I just have this massive amount of of research available and data available to me. So I can just look and see, okay, you know, once a week, someone asks about internet or mail or trying to pick the right RV for you. And so those were naturally going to make it into this, this book. And then I took... I took what I learned from just that basic research, compiled it, made it into my my first draft, which 
that whole process right there over a year. Um, mostly because I got really scared about publishing a book and, you know, all those, all those things you get caught up doing, you know, projects that actually pay you in the moment, things like that. So that process all took me a year. Finally got a draft done that I felt like I could publish. And I sent that out to our email list for free. And I think we had like over a thousand people download it. And then I asked all those thousand people to send me what they wish they would have learned from the book. So I maybe in retrospect, I should have asked like what was valuable in the book or what wasn't valuable so I could kind of see what I should have maybe taken out. But I got so many responses from people saying, oh, you should add in, you know, propane safety or you should add in like how to find a good campground or things like that. And so I took all of their advice and I think I ended up adding six or seven chapters just based on that information. So I really rounded out the book, made it a lot longer. I think it's about, I just looked it up. I think it's 35,000 words long. Um, but I got all those, you know, I got a thousand people to already buy it. So I figured, okay, if I put it on Amazon, I can at least get maybe those thousand people to, to buy an upgraded version or for a, a dollar, however much I was mm-hmm. planning on, on selling it for. And then getting that feedback from those people, then they had like that sense of ownership because they kind of contributed to the book in a way. So I'm like, so at least I've got, you know, yeah, a little bit of, of an audience to sell to. And I think that was part of the reason too, why we were not really sure about how, how successful or how many people would go out and buy it because you'd already released the same book for free. That was a a huge fear. So we're like, everyone who wants it already has it from our community. Mm -hmm. So how many people are going to go out there and actually get it? As it turned out, a lot of people did because that was another big reason why I decided to have it free those first two days, because I didn't want people to feel like I was just like selling to them something that they could have gotten for free already. Totally. Yeah. But ultimately, I think what that helped do was you treated it more like a product instead of just a book. Because a lot of times a book, you just feel like you go in a corner, you write the book, it comes out, it's good. But it's like you actually treat it like an iterative product. So we took took blog posts, we took content from the Facebook group, saw what people were asking the most of. And then when it was actually semi-ready, instead of just publishing it on Amazon, you sent it out to everybody. And then... Mm-hmm. get got more feedback made changes and then before that you still hired a copy editor to come in and like look for misspellings and that's something right. i've seen with a lot of self-published books is they don't actually go through and make sure that all the spellings and everything are right oh my gosh hire a proofreader <laughs> it'll save you so much headache i had one of the very first emails when i got my book out I don't know, this person probably listens to the podcast this person emailed me sent me the three typos that they found in the book but then continued to explain to me why they were typos as if it wasn't just like me like it's a typo it's usually just like you mistype it you hit the wrong key and so hire a proofreader so you can e avoid this after. oh my gosh so looking at this process of launching your first book what are some of the big themes that you've taken away from your publishing your first book on amazon yeah just, just in, in general, general in general both i think the f- the biggest thing was that writing a book is the best way to establish your authority. And that was really valuable to me because everything that we do, well, you have the podcast, but everything we do is under this Heath and Alyssa umbrella. It's me and you. And this book was the first thing that I did that was just me. So it was almost like I was becoming a player on our team. Oh my gosh, why are you laughing at me? This is like a self-actualizing moment. (laughs) But it it was a big deal because it was like, okay, 
Heath has been making this podcast on his own for so long. Now I'm actually doing something big on my own too, even though everything is still under our You run so much of what we do, but... Yeah, but I'm behind the scenes. I get it, yeah. Right, it's a great way to establish it. I mean, another way that that's played out is that right after launching it, we flew up to Canada. We did a book signing at a big Mm -hmm. RV show in Canada. And that was cool because as a side note, we, we got to speak. You got to sign books. They bought some books. And then I had to, I went out and had meetings for campground booking, which was cool for like biz dev. So it's like literally established. You're just piggybacking off my success. Is yeah. What you're telling it's me? establishing authority. <laughs> totally. Yeah. You, you wrote the book on it. So what are, what are some other things you learned in this process? I would say that publishing isn't as difficult as scary as you think. I know I like totally started off this podcast talking about like how scary it was to publish my book. I mean, like, the actual steps of publishing. So many times, like you were saying, people want these tactical podcasts because it's so easy to get lost in logistics and just get overwhelmed with how do I, you know, write my subtitle? How do I actually upload my file to Amazon? Which file type should it be? All those, like, nitty-gritty things. But it was so much easier than I thought it was going to be, specifically because Amazon has incredible resources as far as teaching you how to get each part of your book up. So Amazon made that really easy. So it just took all the stress and all the guessing out because if I, if it says, you know, choose seven keywords, I'm like, how do I choose these keywords? I just click on the little question mark and it pops up and it's like, keywords are useful for. (laughs) And it's, it's, I thought it was going to be this really hard, difficult thing. Like you're shooting in the dark, just trying to guess for what, you know, what should your categories be? What should your keywords be? What should your pricing be? But they give you so much data and so much information and the resources available are so good it's like as you're putting your book and you're realizing like oh amazon really wants me to be successful they've really invested in making sure that you have ample resources to make it happen yeah so that was a really big one and then gosh i'm, I'm just like such a fangirl amazon is amazing <laughs> that was my third note that i wrote down is that amazon's the best place to publish a book i cannot think of a better place i've been trying to but if you want to self-publish, they just make it so easy. It's not like I, I mean, I am an Amazon affiliate, but I can't be an Amazon affiliate for you, like putting a product on Amazon. So it's not like I'm reading any commission for yeah. referring you. I'm just a really big fan because it's been such a game changer for me. And it was, like I said, so easy to get my book up there and published. And Amazon does a really good job at helping you promote your book, like beyond just getting your book uploaded and teaching you all those things, teaching you how to market it and how to promote it. I, I get emails from Kindle Direct Publishing, which is what you'll use to get your book online, that say, like, here's 10 tips for how to improve your book and for how to get your sales rank up and all these things. So having this resource where it's like you're going through a course almost, but it's just these free emails that Amazon yeah. sends you because they want you to be a successful author. It's just... I really like Amazon. Can you tell? <laughs> that's awesome. So last question I have for mm-hmm. this test drive, which has ran way longer than 10 minutes, but that's okay, is you wanted to publish a book for a long time. And there are several times at, throughout Hourly America and after a first year on the road where you wanted to sit down and write a book, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a theme for a lot of people. What mm-hmm. actually do you think helped you finish and ship a book? That's a really hard question. I think, hmm, might have to like keep these dramatic pauses in here <laughs> for this episode. Yeah, we'll keep them in here. So I wrote a book in 2015. If you might remember, Heath, because you read it, it was all about Hourly America, our first year on the road, going to all 50 states, and I never did anything with it. It's still just a file. I don't, well, I've, 
had like new computers since then. So it's a file somewhere if I still have it. But whenever I was thinking about publishing it, I think I just kind of froze. Like I said, like letting the logistics kind of freak you out and letting this idea that people could read your work freak you out. And I think in my mind, it was if I had an email list of a certain number or just had like a certain amount of people that I thought would for sure buy my book, that then I'd be ready to publish. Like we were talking about earlier, my goal for the book was to make $50 a month. And if I was going to price it at 99 cents, I was only planning on selling 50 copies a month and I would have been happy. So if I was looking at it and 50 copies and our email list is like 10,000, that's a percentage. I don't know math. <laughs> I'm just kind of rambling. No, I get it. So kind of looking at it, I, I guess I'm just more black and white, like rational thinking about it. Like, okay, what can I logistically, how many percent of my email list can I convert to get this number of sales to make me happy and and our email list was so you big felt like we, you felt like we were at a place where you could publish a book. I guess I haven't really thought about about my reason for this one actually making it fully published. I think you know what I of, think it was. Okay, yeah, please enlighten me. I I don't know anything about my own life apparently. I, I think I think you set a date. You set a date and you announced it publicly. Technically, and, and you're very wrong. I set five dates. The fifth one is the only one I actually made it to. But it worked. I think that's a big thing. Is like you set the date though, and there was a level of accountability. People knew it was coming. Right, and having Kelsey, hey Kelsey, uh, help me too with the whole launch process. She she was like my accountability of yeah. of saying hey. And she knew Amazon, which helped because having someone to teach you it was a big again factor for me. But having someone to keep you accountable was big too. So I guess if you're trying to write a book, set a date and have someone to keep you accountable. But I feel like that's, I don't know. I don't know if that's the best <laughs> advice I can give. I'm going to have to think about that more. We've got a five part series. I have a few weeks yeah, to that, figure out my answer. I'm floundering. That's all for today's episode. Uh, in the next part of the series, we'll dig into some of the reasons why you should or you shouldn't write a book. I'll see you all next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for listening to me ramble. (laughs) 